Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Gray's Academy. My name is Carmen, one of your most beautiful hosts, unemployed, but beautiful hair. (laughs) And my name is Kelsey, your other host, and it is a beautiful day for a podcast. I thought you were also going to say also unemployed. (laughs) I mean, that's not wrong. (laughs) It's just different circumstances. That's fine. fine. Life, in the immortal words of Rascal Flatts, life is a highway. They were not the first ones to sing that, but yes. No, no, we're not. What they, oh, what? Wasn't that a cover? Uh, I Aren't don't know. Are you supposed to know stuff? I, listen, there, <laughs> so Jessica, uh, there was a situation where she was like, how many servings are in this blank ounce can of green beans? And I legit, I could not answer a simple math question. And you know, I'm good at math. And I like, I, I I was completely wrong. Like I I was like way off. I think I doubled it instead of halving it. I just didn't get the right answer. And Jessica's like, "Wow, being unemployed has changed you." And I was like, "I just need an Excel <laughs> spreadsheet in front of me to figure out this math." Anyways, while you're looking that up about uh, life as a highway being a cover or not, uh, just want to welcome all Over of our. Times. Yeah. No. Oh. Larasco Flats. It says is the most famous cover. Oh, okay. So who was it originally by then? Tom Cochran. Canadian. Oh. Got it. Those it was Canadians. the number one hit in Canada in late 91. Oh, This okay. is not the song we're supposed to be discussing. No, it's not. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thank you for all. Thank you all for joining us. Um, if this is your first time here, if you listen to the first three minutes that has been recently updated on our first ever album, uh, album, <laughs> our first ever episode. <laughs> we need to record an album, though. Uh, yes. What uh, else hard are we day's doing? night. I mean, right. Yeah, right. Um, and you skipped ahead, as I recommended. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, if you have a second, hit that like and subscribe button. Wherever you listen, give us a five-star review. Uh, it's really been helping us in the algorithms lately. Uh, definitely send us an email at Pod at gmail.com, and Kelsey will uh, respond to you. And follow us on Instagram at Pod uh, at official at Chaotically Kelsey, and that is all I have. Kelsey, take it away. Carmen, sometimes yes. in life, you're right. But Most, Mostly always. You're right for a very long time, and then literally two episodes ago, you make yourself wrong, and it brings me such joy in my heart. <laughs> because two episodes um, ago, after Izzy gave her huge... I'm just... We have to jump in. We have to address it. All right. If for some reason, this is your first episode... For the entire 54 episodes, essentially. Well, you probably landed on it on like the third episode. So for like around 50 episodes, Carmen has been so certain that George and Izzy are going to sleep together. Like 100% like is like they will have sex. And I have been maybe leaning into the other way a little bit. Which I stand by the fact that I don't think they have any chemistry. Like, I am not taking that back. I saw it from the first three episodes. I knew it. (laughs) So Carmen has been saying this and saying it easily at least 30 times. He has said they are going to have sex. Two episodes ago, after Izzy gives her big speech to George about how his marriage was a terrible mistake, Carmen goes, there's no way they're going to have sex now. Like, they're done. (laughs) Their friendship cannot recover from this. I had people, multiple people messaged our Instagram to be like, oh my God, you're so close to it happening. And Mark Carmen finally says it's not what's going to happen. 
I listen. I blame you because I think that you've been <laughs> skewing so far. At, you're like, you're trying so hard to not give anything away that you're talking me out of my own predictions. So <laughs> I I get credit for that. 50 right predictions do not outweigh one incorrect prediction. But the uh, most recent one was wrong. And that's my favorite thing is that no, you, you no, changed I your mind you. so recently. I blame that's you. fine. Uh, listen, I, I have, okay, so we're also going to have a quick little sidebar for the next like three minutes about how to get away with murder because I know when people are going to (laughs) fuck, I get, I get the vibes. Okay. And, uh, so I knew, I don't remember what it was exactly, but there was like a look that, uh, Izzy Spoilers gave, for how to get away with murder. Oh, for this? Well, so this is the show. There oh, okay. was a look that Izzy gave George very early on that I knew they were going to have sex. There's a look that I see in people's eyes <laughs> when they're foreshadowing gonna about to be boning. And I got to tell you, this is spoiler alert now uh, for how to get away with murder. Um, I knew that Asher and Michaela were going to Fuck, I knew it. I knew they were going to bone. I totally called it when when um Wes and Laurel kissed. I knew it when Bonnie and Asher were smushing. I knew it uh when uh uh Connor and Oliver were smushing. I knew it. I get it. Uh when oh, when Eve and Annalise yeah. had sex. I was like, Jessica, they're going to fuck. And she was like, what are you even, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, Jessica, no, trust me. And then 45 seconds later, they're, they're macking and they're boning. I called it. Yeah. She explicitly so, said that one to me. Yeah. Like she said that she would, um, that she kept being like, they're not going to have sex when you every time you would predict it. And then she was like, especially when he said that um, even Annalise and then, <laughs> then it happened. All I'm saying is I'm really good at this, but um, is there anything else that we should talk? What, what else did I send you about? Oh, Asher's back on top being my favorite person in the show. Frank. Ever since he shaved off his hair and his beard, he's oh, he's kind of God, sucked. he looks so fucking good after he shaves his head. Oh, my no. God. I mean, he's oh. already gorgeous, but after he shaves his head, I was like, hot damn, that is a good-looking man. Like, I think he would look good with shaved shaved head and beard, but once you lose the beard, it's a real bummer. I, normally, I'm with you. Normally, I'm, like, very pro-facial hair. There are very few people that look better without facial hair, but he really, I was like... This is the vibe. And that's also when he like takes a break from the buttons ups and the suits, which like, don't get me wrong. He looks really good in a suit. But like when he's just wearing those like really well fitted t-shirts and like a leather jacket, that's like, ooh, the vibes. They are immaculate. I get it. I get it. That is a uh, fine man. So I won't go too far down this rabbit hole because I don't want any spoilers. But Jessica has uh, allowed herself to be spoiler free for this long, which I'm very proud of her. That Obviously, is we a all big know that deal for Jessica. She doesn't do that. Um, but, uh, I think the last thing that we saw was, um, Laurel was able to use her dad's connection to, uh, call him or he like finally just called back and was like, I don't believe you, Annalise, this is all bullshit. Um, so they haven't like reunited or anything yet. So that's where we're at right now. Frank. Um, Frank. Yeah. It okay. was the episode where the, how many times, how many times have you watched this show? Like four. 
So it's it's the episode we just watched the episode last night where the creepy guy was like he there was a dead girl in a freezer somewhere. Um, oh, and yeah, it was like he's so gross and he did it, but he like said that his cellmate did it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then they were at the casino and they were up eighty grand oh God, and then blew it all. One of the most stressful things that has ever happened. Yeah, yeah. Oh uh, gosh. Anyways, and um, Annalise slaps that guy right in the face. Oh yeah, that was dope. That was dope. Um, sad though that Michaela had to pawn off that ring, which is a bummer. Yeah. Also, a forty-five thousand dollar ring. Fucking shit. I hate rich people. Aiden, man. Yeah. Anyways, and we are back. Here we are. Um, Grey's Anatomy. Thanks so much. Check out our Patreon for more of that. <laughs> um, we should record. So- oh, also, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Oh yeah, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> this comes out on Thanksgiving. I hope everyone's being Thanksgiving. Um, I hope everyone in your family is being great. That's what I will say to our listeners. I hope there is no drama for anybody in anyone's yeah. family. Uh, and I hope the food is good. Yeah. Those are my Thanksgiving yeah. wishes for our friends. I wish that no, no um, hate shootings happened this Thanksgiving. That would be nice. That would be really nice if there was just one day where nothing terrible happened. Yeah. Also, uh, not to get too political, but our hearts go out to Colorado and mm-hmm. anyone in the LGBTQ plus community. So just want to make sure that we talk about that just for a second. I know this is not like a political podcast, but this, that's the, the kind of people that we are. We are pro LGBTQ plus. So our hearts go out to you guys. Um, thank you for being here. Um, so let's get into it then. This is episode 54, the 18th episode of the third season, and it is called Scars and Souvenirs. And that's a song. Uh, it scars sure and is. Scars and Souvenirs uh, is a song by Max Stalling, released uh, in 2000. Um, and this one didn't have any critical acclaim, uh, including uh, the album that it was from, which is from uh, the album Wide Afternoon. It was recorded on the label Blind Nello Records. Uh, this is a country rock album. Uh, so I did not enjoy it, (laughs) um, (laughs) but I listened to the whole thing. It's, it's a very, it's a very typical kind of like slow country song. It's telling a story. Um, it's, it's, uh, the opening line is it's been 15 some odd years since we lost aunt Lil, uh, playing Russian roulette with memories, nothing but time to kill. Um, so the first line of the song is literally someone in their family died because they lost the game of Russian roulette. So, uh, Interesting to say the least, but uh, the the entire song kind of circles around this chorus of I've been better, I've been worse a time or two. I got two bloodshot eyes, and that's enough uh, to see me through. Fair to Midland, considering life's mostly scars and souvenirs. So, um, I think if we're looking at this, uh, I expected there because it said specifically the the got two black uh, bloodshot eyes. Um, I thought maybe this would be a big Jane Doe episode and then spoiler, it really, it really wasn't much (laughs) at all about her. Um, I mean, she did like almost lose the baby, but you know, that's fine. Um, cause she didn't, 
Because she didn't. Yes. Sorry. Because she didn't. It's not fine that she almost lost the baby. It's fine because she didn't. Um, but that's all I got. The song didn't chart anywhere. The album didn't chart anywhere. Uh, I don't think this Max Stalling guy went on to have an incredible uh, career, but I don't really, I didn't do any research on that. But um, the song for me was a zero out of 10. Um, I did not download it and I will not keep it. And that's all I got. <laughs> did not download it and I will not keep it. Um, okay, thank you so much. We so appreciate you. Um, this episode was written by Deborah Kahn and directed by James Frawley. It aired March 15th, 2007 to an audience of 22.68 million. So down a little bit from last episode, but because, you know, everyone just was coming to see uh, coming to see if Meredith lived last time and she did. So they're gone now. Um, yes. the, the Netflix synopsis for scars and souvenirs is the race for chief heats up as a new competitor comes forward and Callie must reveal a big secret. So, I don't think that it. she must reveal it. She just happened to reveal it. Yeah. She chose. She could have gone it. her. Yeah. She could have gone her whole life without really revealing it. I'm all, oh, I guess she probably couldn't have, but she could have gone at least till next week. <laughs> at least one week. Yeah. Um, okay, so let us begin with the recap. Um, we got Meredith drowning. She drowned. Christina, she woke up and Christina told her she was engaged. Um, George, Callie, Izzy, debacle. Uh, Jane Doe is there. The chief says he's going to retire. Addison and Alex have a thing um thatcher exists izzy and alex had the kiss and izzy said no ellis is dead so did you have anything else uh no uh i did uh i i was like oh so thatcher's for sure gonna be in this episode um and then the sex challenge thing between addison and mark uh and that's pretty much all the things that i had to add to that Well, perfect. Let's uh, discuss. Let us. Let us discuss. Let us. Izzy is in the shower. So I know you like the beginning. I, listen, I want you to know that the second I saw that shower, I was like, okay, Izzy, let's do this. (laughs) Um, I could tell by her silhouette now because her and I have an emotional and physical connection. She is the worst. Um, So... In she's showering, Alex comes in and she's like, Oh my god. And he's like, I, I've literally seen it. Like, what does it matter? Um, so then he says he's moving in, he's taking George's room. She freaks out. So she goes in, wakes up Meredith and Derek to complain to them. And then Meredith launches into her people are what matters thing. Um, and <laughs> Izzy goes, People are what matters. You hate people. What's wrong with you? Is this about your mother? Um, and and then Meredith has like, I was dead and now I'm not, everything's fine. Yeah. It's, it is one thing that she is like, Alex is one of our people, which first off about damn time, the guy has been through the ringer with you fucking interns. Uh, but then she's like, I had a near death, whatever. And then (laughs) she also says, I wrote these three exact quotes. So Alex is one of our people. I had a near death, whatever. And paint with all the colors of the wind. I was <laughs> that like, was oh, that's a good, a good <laughs> that's a good <laughs> reference. 
Oh gosh, Pocahontas. Disney owns everything, guys. Disney Talk. does. This they own ABC, Welcome back, right? Bob. Welcome back, Bob. Oh, the good Welcome Bob. Back, our best friend, Bob Iger. Ugh, the best Bob. You know, I it, it, I knew for a couple of weeks. He sent me a text, and I'm like, mm. look, I, I I need to tell my friends. And he said, if you don't, we're never going to go skiing together again. So we've um, got a we've got a trip planned next month. So I actually was reading, and this is allegedly, obviously, I was reading that they approached him Friday at close of business and then they released the statement on Sunday. Legit. That's what I read. And I don't know if that's true because I don't know what the source was on it, but that was something I read. And then I also read that uh, Bob Chapek is getting a $20 million severance package. So it's like, I just don't feel that bad for him. (laughs) No, not at all. I, it is, it's interesting because I think that how do you, when you, when you get removed as a CEO, it's mm-hmm. not like you can you can get demoted from VP. You can get like moved around yeah. to a different branch of the company or whatever. But like you're you were the CEO. You've t- you've climbed the top of the mountain and you fucked shit up. Mm-hmm. You're not sticking around. You're <laughs> you're gone. You're gone. Yeah. So it's whatever. Life 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 is a highway. Remember, this is going to be a theme for this entire episode. <laughs> life is a highway. Guys, if you are new here, Carmen and I both worked for Disney for a long time, so we are um, some maybe more invested in this n- news piece than other people might be. Um, but we worked at Walt Disney World for... I worked there for nine years. How long did you work there? Uh, Five? Sh- four? Two. Two. Three? Two and a two half, one? maybe? I think it was Two three. and a half. Mm, I lived in Florida for three no, Anyways. three and a half. Remember my last year was working at that sock place, which I'm not going to name. <laughs> and my first two oh. months there, I, and my first, no, I actually, I'm, I'm still a big fan. I love, I love that place. No, I, I only, I exclusively wear their socks. Um, but the other place I worked two months at that one coffee place. Remember? <laughs> yeah. That really, really unrecognizable, not national chain coffee place. Yeah. 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 Anyways. Okay. Grey's Anatomy. Um, Alex, Izzy's like trying to put her towel on and Alex is like, I I'm over it. Like, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not trying to look at you anymore. Like, it's fine. I've moved on. And she's like, ugh, whatever. Like, obviously you're still in love with me. Because um, everyone is. <laughs> well, duh. Obvi. Um, George and Callie are in their hotel room. He's eating breakfast and bitching about Izzy and how she's like selfish and self-involved. And he makes a very good point. Cause he's like, she's so compassionate with her patients. You'd think she could extend some of that to her friends, which is correct. You, so you true. would think that. Um, and, uh, then Callie's like, Hey, can you like stop talking about Izzy? <laughs> and he does. And they make out a little bit. Um, but anyways, yes, they're living in a hotel, which obviously is a major plot point later on in the episode. Uh, Izzy says, oh, they're in the locker room and Izzy's still complaining about the Alex thing. And she's like, George is going to his marriage is going to fall apart and he's going to need to move back in his room and he won't be able to because Alex is going to be there. So, like, is that what you want? <laughs> it's like, yes, that's what I want. Um, which so is like cold blooded. Like, but Izzy yeah. also shut the fuck up. Yeah, like, this is not, like, she's making it a problem, and it's simply not a problem. And he's not even there. I think I'm more mad with her bitching about his marriage when George isn't there. Yeah, like, that's how much she, I mean, I'm not going to say I've not done that, uh, not about someone's marriage, but, like, I've bitched about things when, (laughs) like, I can't let it go. And that's how she definitely is doing with this. But, like, the thing is, no one agrees with her. I try and at least have someone agreeing with me in my bitch fests. Well, yeah, because then it's. It's only so fun to complain by yourself. 
Well, it's it's a fine line between you you both are just drinking the tea and you're just being a shit person. Yeah. Like exactly. Izzy in this moment is being a shit person. Yes. If you came and complained to me about someone else who wasn't there and I agreed with you, we're just we're just kermiting it up, you know? That's it. <laughs> yes. Um spilling that tea. Uh Meredith tells everyone that she's like, let's do this once. I'm fine. I put my mother's ashes in an urn in the back of my closet. <laughs> Which is weird, but okay deal with it how you're gonna or don't deal with it how you're gonna deal with it not deal with it um it's meredith she has problems obviously uh christina's like oh who's the new chief candidate and nobody knows bailey comes in and hands out those assignments you drinking your kombucha kombucha Um, i got a i got another jug of eggnog just sitting upstairs so god i hate it so much I sent, uh, if you, if you listen to the last couple of episodes, I, I drank, uh, a tall boy glass of eggnog on the show and I didn't realize it. Kelky didn't like it. So, uh, I sent her a picture of just eggnog the other day, just a glass of it. And I responded with a gif of baby Yoda vomiting. It's true. Blue milk. (laughs) Um, Jane Doe is oh Bailey comes and hands out assignments and Meredith it puts Meredith on scut because she's like obviously you're going to be distracted whatever and Meredith is like I'm fine and Bailey's like great your mom died and you almost also also died so we're just gonna let you not do normal medicine yet which I think is the fair. thing the thing that's confusing about that is like scut work is the paperwork it's the back end stuff it's the it's the operational yeah. stuff right mm-hmm. that stuff's just as important send her well, home. I think scut is more along the lines of like after the medicine is done. I don't think you're writing down like allergies. Um, I think you're more writing down like, and then we did this and then we did this and this was what their heart rate was. So not as much the paperwork. It's, it's the, the less important. It's like writing notes to an essay as opposed to actually like operational filings like what if she filed something in the wrong spot or mixed up people's charts filling out information in the chart and like okay okay dictating i feel a little bit better about that like you know when doctors um will sometimes like dictate into like a tape recorder and then someone has to go and like actually write it down yeah that might be what it is if you're a doctor or you know what you're talking about and we obviously don't then please tell us because we don't know and we would love to we've never once scudded in our entire life it's true i have not um okay no scuts no butts no coconuts (laughs) alex is talking to jane doe and she's asking if anyone's come for her yet and no one has and um she doesn't they're basically talking about what they need to do for her surgery options um, cause like something's wrong with her eyeball and she could lose vision, but also she's pregnant. So like it could be, um, dangerous for the baby if they do the surgery. So they go back and forth and Alex has like a really good connection with her, which is very nice. Um, and he like really takes his time and like explains the options and goes over everything and makes her feel comforted. And then ultimately she decides to go ahead with the surgery that day. Cause, cause he's like, we're going to be there like monitoring the baby the whole time, whatever. So I, it is sad though, that at this point, either one of two things with Jane Doe, either she is single and no one's come to look for her or two, the person who she was with died in the ferry boat accident. Hmm. 
I don't know. I know. I know you know. <laughs> How many more episodes do we have to wait for this this particular arc to come to an end? Uh, I don't think that many more, honestly. I'm I very think curious. Maybe it's before the end of season three, for sure. Okay, cool. Um, okay, so then uh, Izzy's in the clinic, and she has, like, an older gentleman who has a bullet in his, like, the back of his shoulder, and he's just asking, basically, for pain medicine, and she's like, well, we're going to go ahead and double check and make sure that's what it is, and he's like, well, I know that's what it is, and she's like, that's fine, but we're just still going to check, because it, it's my job. She says, we have to do it my way, so... Which, good for her. Good for yeah. standing up. It's fair. I mean, I feel like don't go to a doctor if you don't actually want the doctor's opinion. But whatever. That's just me. Well, I my initial uh, guess was that he might just be a, a junkie. Like an old yeah. old man junkie. An old but man he's junkie. A old man junkie. But he's just a uh, seasoned war veteran who gets no it's closure true. with his life. That's all. Yeah. It's a bummer. Um, Derek's patient is someone that he was friends with from New York who has a tumor in her brain that basically comes back like, well, they take part of it out because it's in like a difficult area so they can only take part of it out. So then they have to redo surgery like every two years. Um, So she says that this is going to be her last time because she's sick of it. So they're just going to do it. And then she's going to spend two years on the beach doing whatever she wants. Um, And Derek is not thrilled with that decision. They must have boned. You think so? He... I got, I definitely have like, uh, so bless sorry. You, uh, like there's some sort of romantic feeling there because he gets deeply involved. He pressures her. He goes and he cuts open and saves her life himself. And well, let I don't us know. Recall there's, there's a lot of romance. Okay. That Derek is selfish and somewhat oh, of a right. narcissist. So he always right. thinks he is right, regardless of who you are. That's fair. It's a good point. Yeah. And obviously, like, they definitely do have a bond, but I don't really get relationship vibes from them. But I would have I, liked I, to I see, like, vibes. Addison come in and, like, also have known her. But I guess not. Maybe in the recovery. Maybe in the next episode. Unless maybe. this person is never seen again. Who's to say? You. You yeah, are doesn't. literally to say. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't. She's not in any more of them. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Um, anyway, so yeah, I would have loved to see that and just kind of flesh out that relationship more. I kind of thought it was maybe more of like a mentor thing. Oh, that would have been cool too. But that was just my thought. Uh, everyone is trying to, they're all like standing outside the chief's office trying to see like who the new chief candidate is. And Christina's like, well, I heard it's someone from Sanford and I went to Sanford and all my professors loved me because I was a really good student, which she's like a very type A perfectionist. So it's not surprising that, that she would be like a hyper perfective student like that is my opinion anyways. Um, and, uh, Bert comes up and asks Meredith how she's doing. And she says, she's fine. And George says, she doesn't like it when people ask. Uh, and then Izzy says, Oh, everyone at Sanford loved Christina. Oh, she's like mocking Christina. Izzy was in a weird mood this episode. <laughs> she was such like a weird the mood. place. <laughs> it was bizarre. Um, and then Burke is like, well, Christina is a brilliant student. Like, it's it's easy to see that, you know, and sometimes she's also a kiss ass, but she can't help it. <laughs> and everyone laughs. Yeah. Um, the guy comes out of the office and Christina's face immediately falls. 
uh, Burke gets all excited. He's like, oh my God, it's Colin Marlowe of the Marlowe transplant. Did you get so excited? Cause this was your daughter's name. Yeah. Colin. They, they obviously, they put an E on it, which is not the way that you spell it, but yeah, I was like, oh, we spell our daughter's name Marlo with M-A-R-L-O-W, no E. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh, what a Marlo episode. Um, so, uh, Bert goes up, gets so excited. He's like, oh, I'm such a big fan. So he goes to shake the guy's hand and the guy's like, oh, okay. And sees Christina and is like, oh, excuse me. So he goes over to Christina and it's like, oh, you're not even going to give me a hug. And they hug. And Carmen, what happened when they hugged? Yo, it was fucking weird. He touched her vagina That's through her happened. butt. Oh, um, listen, I that was inappropriate. You want to talk about inappropriate? It was yeah. in the middle of the, ho- the hospital in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. It was not a... It was not an uncomfortable elevator ride. It wasn't a move being made on in the on-call room. It was in front of fucking everybody. Like, I know you're British, sir, but like Uh, that's not how we do things here. Don't you want this job? Yeah. Just start. I've never been more uncomfortable in this show. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, this is in a rare, in a rare move. I texted Kelsey and I was like, I need to just say this. What the fuck was up with that hug? (laughs) Like knowing what happened in this episode, I was like, what is he going to (laughs) say? But I knew you had just started, so I knew it wasn't going to be anything about the ending. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, the the more and more that this episode went on, uh, Obviously, I got more and more frustrated, but um, we'll just go ahead and take it all one scene at a time. Yeah. Um, so he grabs her ass and then we get the title card at seven minutes and 45 seconds. So delightful. Um, Burke uh, asked Christina, like, oh, what was, uh, what was up with that hug? Why didn't you tell me about him? And she's like, oh, you want me to tell you everyone I had sex with? Because I didn't think we did that. Um kind of like brushing it off like it's wasn't that big of a deal and (laughs) it's a pretty big deal because this guy it's not like oh you just slept with your professor it's like you slept with your professor who is well very 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 well renowned in his field like very respected so it would be like a cp sleeping with bob Iger. Mm, almost george george calagritas yes or Josh. Or Josh. Oh, love him. Or Matt Angel. Simon. Don't get me started. Uh, <laughs> this is all times. public information. You can go look up any of these people who work at Disney. It's all okay. They're great. They're all VPs and they're wonderful. We love them. They're very, very nice and good at their jobs. Um, not you, Bob Chapek. Not <laughs> It's not his job anymore, so. Um, Meredith. Nope, sorry. Uh, Izzy is obsessing over the Alex thing still and is like convinced that he's still in love with her. And he's like, I just like, don't want to end up at home alone with him. Like, what am I going to do? I'm not going to know what to say. It's just going to be so awkward. Like he obviously still has a thing for me. So, um, and while she's going on that tirade, Meredith sees Susan and Thatcher. And so she dives into her broom closet and, uh, then Christina comes around the corner and Izzy starts on the same diatribe where she's like, do you want to come over? We never get to hang out. And like, it would be so great if like I wasn't alone with Alex. Cause like, he's so in love with me. 
Um, and Christina sees Marlo and also dives into the broom closet. And it's <laughs> Izzy's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Just delightful. This whole scene is hilarious. It I, really is quite funny. It's good comedy because it also addresses the it's like it addresses the the thing that we always are calling out of. How does no one hear them talking? Yes. And um, Colin is like, we can literally hear every fucking word that you guys are saying. <laughs> yeah. Just I'll come see. out. It's OK. I just love Izzy like have having no idea like the way she plays the the comedic aspect of that scene is funny to me. She's just like, what is happening? Like, where is everyone going? Yeah, and she's just sitting there eating her apple like a little just precious nugget. On her apple. So they're in the closet arguing about who has to get out of the closet. Um, and then she asks like, "Oh, what was up with Carl and Marlo?" <laughs> she goes, "He was my professor. We were close." And Meredith goes, "He had your hand on his. He had his hand on your ass. I sure hope you were close." Delightful. Uh, and then Susan and Colin are at the door being like, oh, I think someone's hiding from me. Oh, I think someone's hiding from me. Uh, and Christina is like, go hide in the bathroom. And <laughs> Meredith says, um, my awkwardness with my father is well established. You and the cardio God have loads to catch up on. I did like that little breaking of the fourth wall uh, of, of the establishment of the parent thing. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah. You know I'm a sucker for breaking the fourth wall. I do love it. It's a good time. It's a good, good time. Um, Christina, that's when he says, like, we can hear you. And she goes out and she sees him and she goes, oh, hi. (laughs) So funny. I laughed very hard at that. Oh, hi. Um, Susan uh, tells Mary that she's sorry about Ellis and she's like, we just wanted to check on you and make sure you're okay. And Meredith is like, oh, is the baby okay? And she's like, yeah, no, we're literally just here to, to see if you're okay. And Meredith's like, oh, you don't have to do that. And um, Susan's like, why don't we have dinner? Like, I'll, I'll make you some chili. You can come over. Um, he, You know, he's the only family you have left, all this stuff. And she's like, well, I don't really see it that way, but whatever. So, but she agrees to the dinner. And Which is nice. Got to be just painfully awkward. There, there was a point where uh, what's what's Thatcher's wife wife's name now? I forget. Susan. Susan. So Susan was like, I know that he's an articulate person who spills food on himself a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, it's just it reminded me of that scene where he's sitting there with his coffee in the newspaper and just is fucking losing it. <laughs> Throwing just, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they just make that character out to be this bumbling buffoon. And yeah. that used to be George. It's so funny too, because um, as I have previously noted, the character or the actor rather who plays Thatcher is a regular in scandal. And he is like the opposite of Thatcher because he is the um, president's chief of staff. So obviously he's like very well-spoken, um, very like high powered. And it's just like such a, like the, the most opposite you could possibly have. It's really incredible. And Scandal doesn't cross over to this. Scandal no. crosses over with How to Get Away, how with, to murder? Get away with Murder. Yes. Okay. I'll need to watch that one. Now that you said that there's presidents and stuff in there, I'll have to watch it. Mm-hmm. Scandals, scandals takes place in D.C. Is Scandal like House of Cards? I've never watched House of Cards. But okay. I don't think so because isn't Kevin Spacey... Um, is it Kevin Spacey? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Isn't he like a senator... For a while before he's the president. He yes, but it's like the whole 
spoiler alert, the whole <laughs> premise of the show is he's like scheming and he's a terrible so he's person. being a politician like every other politician. <laughs> but worse than most, I would say. <laughs> Uh, that I say that with li- very little information to go off of because I don't get to see the filmed lives of senators. Um, I would equate him to like a murderous Mitch McConnell, probably. Um, yeah, no, he's just, but he's just terrible. Um, uh, and he becomes president. Yeah, no, I, uh, a scandal is like, uh, so Olivia Pope is the main character and she is a fixer in DC. So she works with a lot of the politicians and she previously like the, the guy who is president, when the show starts, she worked on his campaign. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, it's, it's like very political. I think you would enjoy it. I, probably um, I also would. think you would enjoy this Madam Secretary. It's quite good as well. But I just want how to, get to away watch with murder. I know. There's so much TV to consume. And Shonda has I've, written so much of it. And I've got so much time on my hands. <laughs> Not the sort of re- time. I'm rewatching Ted Lasso, though. So oh, it's so good. Well, as soon as I'm done to rewatching. You feel that. so good. Yeah. Just such a feel good show. I. Just quick, quick sidebar. Uh, Roy Kent just became the coach again. He oh. he became the assistant coach. So Roy Kent, Roy Kent, he's here, he's there, he's, there. he's, every, he's fucking every fucking where. where. Roy Kent, guys, watch Ted Lasso. It's so good. <laughs> I forgot how much of a piece of shit Nate is in episode in season two. Just Don't a fucking even trash. Get me started. He's it's a like fucking so dickhead. upsetting. Like that. It's normally the other way around. It just normally doesn't arc that way. It normally goes the opposite direction. It's inverted. It's a parabola, not an arc. <laughs> What's the um, parabola with that? Okay, <laughs> you nailed that. Oh, so it's a loud bang. Someone fell down. Okay. Um, so Marlo's like, wow, I can't believe you are hiding from me in a broom closet. And she's like, you know, it would have been nice if you could have fucking warned me you were coming to where I work. And he's like, well, that's, where's the fun in that? Like, then I, then you wouldn't be terrified and uncomfortable. Um, so they kind of, she's like, don't flirt with me. I have a person I'm engaged. Um, and he's like, oh, wow. Like it's legit. So he's like, oh, can I give you a congratulatory hug? I don't have a very good British accent, guys. So sorry. It was that was another weird scene. <laughs> I you want a congratulatory hug? Try like statutory rape <laughs> hug. Okay. I mean, at least he asks. But I, I'm like, um, a swift high five would be appropriate. Yeah, a handshake maybe, or just maybe walking away would be fine. <laughs> yeah. As well. Um. You so, give Marlowe's everywhere a bad name. Honestly, but only the British ones. Um, so George is talking to Helen, the, the Derek's patient with the brain tumor. Um, and she's saying like that she's really hungry, but she had, she's staying at this really nice hotel and she had um, ordered like a special breakfast at midnight as her pre-surgery meal. And that's where him and Callie are staying. So he's like, oh, try the French toast. It's so good. And she's like, oh, how can you stay at the Archfield when you are, when you make the intern salary. And he says, Oh, my wife gets a deal. And she's like, wow, it must be a really good deal. It's like, obviously it's like a very nice hotel. Um, is what we are meant to believe. So then he approaches Callie and he's like, um, how, how, like, how much do we pay? Because like when we order room service, is that extra or is that included in what we pay? And she's like, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And he's like, no, how much is it? And then so he like presses her and she tells him that they pay 
$800 a week just for room service. Wild. So he's like Loki losing his mind, obviously, because he thinks that that's just like so much money, which it kind of is. So it is. It fair. is. $800 a week only on food. Um, and so he's like, how can we afford this? And um, she says, I have more money than I make. And so she takes him aside and she's like, my parents have money. So I have more money than I make. So like, that's what like, so we, we, we pay for it. It's fine. Like, don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. Um, and that's how she pays for things. And he starts like losing his mind because she's an heiress and she didn't tell him, which honestly, like, I'm not a huge George fan, but I do feel like that would be something you maybe disclose to people. Um, at least before the marriage piece. <laughs> yes. Now she does say later on that this money has been, has had like a negative impact on every other relationship she's ever had. So that's why she chose not to tell him. However, it's not good. <laughs> like it's just not yeah. good. Also, you were living in the, ho- in the hospital basement for yeah. like, <laughs> you know, I, when, an when, undisclosed <laughs> amount of time. When that was first happening, I was like trying so hard not to say this because I'm like, yeah, it's even weirder because she's fucking loaded. <laughs> yeah. Although it also, I'm realizing in this conversation that Weber is living there as well. Yeah. And but Mark. he makes a shit ton of money. Oh, and Mark will also makes a shit ton of money. Yeah. I would assume Mark makes more than Weber. Uh, I don't know because Weber's still doing surgery and he's the chief. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good point. I don't know. Um, and then also Addison is living there. Oh yeah. Gosh. All these rich people. After 60 days though, they, uh, Mark and Addison might just condense into one, one room. Who knows? Maybe. Sweet. Um, so yeah, also their hotel bill is $2,500 a week. So that's fun. And then he says, is there anything else you feel the need to tell me? And she says, I had a pet ferret for nine years. <laughs> so hilarious. Pure comedic Ferrets gold. are stinky. You guys, they Ferrets are. Ferrets are very stinky. Um, so Derek is talking to Helen and he's like, what about this surgical option? Um, what was it? A sagacinus bypass or something like that. A Sagittarius comeback. Exactly. So she's hesitant because it's a riskier surgery. She goes, it is what you call a big balls surgery. Uh, So he pushes and he says he doesn't want to, he's not going to be okay without trying everything before she gives up because he's a pushy bastard. Doesn't like to take no for an answer, but whatever. It's just someone's life. Yeah. No big deal. It's okay. It'll all work itself out in the end. It's fine. It's Derek. He's Derek. He can do no wrong. He's just great. Perfect. Never done anything. Okay. So Izzy's patient's x-rays come back. Um, Dr. Weber and Callie are there. They're looking at it. They're like, we can take it out. And they're like, how did you get it? And he says he was in Korea and he was in a leadership position. I don't know if he says specifically what his rank was, but he was a leader and um, he gave an order that his men didn't like. And so they're in the middle of this battle and he gets shot from behind. Um, so he has like been really bitter about it. And so he wants to take the bullet out and prove basically that that his own men shot him. Which so is insane. Get, yeah. He that deserves the closure. Yes. 
are you saying it's insane that someone would have shot him like his own man would have shot him yeah 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 Yeah. i'm like also what kind of like i can't imagine a call being so something you disagreed with so strongly that you shoot the person who made it right and also how did the guy who made it get so far ahead of you without like you anyone following him to where it was easy to shoot this person in the back it's just the, the story didn't make sense maybe well, he's a compulsive like liar a too. so they they were taking fire so there's like a right. lot going on and this is i also Korea, don't remember so there's not like a lot of you know it's not like what we have now for battles i assume right. i don't remember what movie it is but there's a there's a world war ii movie um might be wind talkers maybe uh, where they're they're literally shooting at themselves, and it's oh. it's like across a ridge line, so it's like kind of far away, and they have to use Morse code to to stop the firing and everything. But yeah, at one point they're like, it's United States soldiers are firing on themselves, and it's it's crazy. Um, um do you I don't know, know what movie it is? Did you see that head, movie though. Hacksaw Ridge? No, I haven't. I also haven't. But the guy that that's based on is buried here in our national cemetery. What in your Tennessee National Cemetery? No, in Chattanooga we have a national cemetery. Oh, really? Is there national cemeteries all over the country? I don't know. I assume so, but my uh, mom's parents are both buried there. Wow, next to Hacksaw? Um, I don't think so, but I don't know. It's quite large. Michael's grandmother's also buried there. Wow, and I assume his grandfather, but I don't actually know. Anyways, interesting. (laughs) I know some stuff. Okay. Um, also, at the end of this scene, Izzy and Callie are just like glaring at each other so aggressively. It's just, I hate it so much. Like, they both need to. I mean, like, obviously, I'm on Callie's side, but I would be more on her side if she was just ignoring the situation. Yeah. Because that it's, would make Izzy even more mad, I feel like. It's a bummer because we know how strongly Izzy feels about this. And, and yeah. Callie just like doesn't care. Callie like just does not care. And up until all of the shit talking had genuinely no ill will towards Izzy. Yeah. I mean, she was um, frustrated at the beginning of their relationship because she felt like George always chose her friends over her and clearly still does. Cause she says that later, but like, yeah, she has, she was never like, I hate Izzy. She was just like, I hate that this keeps happening. Right. Sorry. I got to hydrate guys. Hydrate before you dehydrate exactly okay meredith tells derek that she agreed to have the dinner (laughs) and also about christina sleeping with colin marlowe um and she's like how am i supposed to have this dinner what am i gonna do and he's like oh have it at your house and i'll come and i'll be your wingman and it'll be fine um he doesn't get there immediately though he's like and it'll be great well it won't be great it'll be okay it'll be fine also he's very distracted by the fact that christina had sex with colin marlowe (laughs) yes before he gets here at all um, so, and then he says like, oh, it'll be fine. Cause they're your family. And Meredith says, why does everyone assume that? And while it's kind of annoying, I also am on her side because people assume that like blood is what makes family. And it's definitely not the only thing. And also I think it's fine if people have to cut out their family members because it's a toxic relationship or true. Like I hate when people are like, oh, you owe them something because they're your family. Well, not if they're garbage. Yeah. You don't <laughs> like that's not true <laughs> just because someone who has related to you doesn't mean you owe them anything yeah 
Exactly. Like if you're if your parents, you know, you they grew up physically and emotionally abusing you. You don't owe them anything, mm-hmm. you know? Correct. <laughs> Especially if you're like so scarred and unhealed from that. Right. Or even if you're healed from it and not scarred. Yeah. You just don't yeah. want that in your life anymore. That's your business. But yeah, that, it's but it's it's the pressure from other people like because I f- I feel like often people who are saying like it doesn't matter what they did, that's your parent or that's your sibling or whatever. They have perfect relationships with their family members. So they can't grasp the fact that other people have different experiences. So they can't like think, oh, well, they have to do this for their own. Like, it's okay to set this boundary because they have clearly had a different, like the most different upbringing. It's also very interesting when the parents are like, you just need to forgive me and move on. Like, no, like literally not even a little bit. I don't. Yeah, no, nope, 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 nope. I would have no experience with that. However, <laughs> you have no, uh, you are healed. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, Mark and Addison are standing around and like some nurse walks by and Mark leers at her and Addison's like, Oh, what? You can't sleep with her. And Mark's like, yeah, but I can look at her. Um, and they kind of go back and forth about it for a little bit. And she's like, I didn't think you could do it. And he was like, well, I can because you're worth it, which she is. And she it's is about time. Someone noticed. It is funny though, because she's like, yeah, you bet your ass. I am. That was cute. It was a cute scene between them. It was very cute. I love it. It gave me small hope that Mark could turn things around. Yeah. Um, so George is sitting with Meredith uh, having lunch and freaking out about the Cali thing. And Meredith is like, this is good. Like, she's rich. I don't understand, like, why you're freaking out. This is a good thing. And he's like, it's a terrible thing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. is it, though? <laughs> it's bad that she lied. But is it terrible that she's rich? I wish, I wish Jessica right now was like, <laughs> I, need, I need to tell you something. Like, I, I'm, I'm so rich. That would be great. <laughs> that would be But then I would ideal. be annoyed. I would be annoyed at how much I've paid for over the years (laughs) and how annoyed you've been about money in the past. Yeah. And then I'd probably end up divorcing her because of the sheer emotional trauma that she caused me. And because there was no prenup, you could sue for the money. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Take half of everything, please. Your honor. Thank you. Um, so Izzy sits down and Meredith tells her that Callie is rich. And George is like, why don't tell her that? Don't talk to her about Callie. And Izzy is like, oh, I don't even have a name now. And he's like, can you maybe just shut up for once? So clearly they're not in a good spot, which is fine because she was a bitch last time they interacted. And the times before that. Exactly. Because the last time that we saw them interact was the speech about him making a terrible mistake. And then before that was when they announced that they were married and she was not nice about it. And every small scene, every, (laughs) yeah, those small diamonds are so great because no one will ever mug you uh, or whatever she says. Um, And every tiny scene that we got after the speech was definitely Izzy forcing George to like forgive her. Yeah, but not apologize. It just happened. It just happened cut the guy some slack so yeah george tells her to shut up and leaves and there's tension then christina sits down and izzy's like oh my god tell me all about it and she goes do you remember all the other times i've told you about my sex life 
<laughs> no, exactly. So she's trying to turn them off or whatever. And Alex sits down and is also asking about it. And then, um, Meredith is stressing out about the dinner. Izzy says she'll cook for her. And Christina's like, I'll show up 45 minutes in with a fake crisis to get you out of dinner. And then Izzy asks if Colin Marlowe took Viagra. And then Christina gives in and tells them that he did. It's a miracle drug. And one day it'll save your life. That's what she says to Alex. I have two things that I want to point out here. Number one, I will never need Viagra. My penis is more than capable of all things. You just don't know that. And when you say things like that, I feel like you're tempting karma. But go on, uh, please. Anyways, anyways, um, I will also say that if I ever needed Viagra to perform, I would not care because the ultimate result is I want to be having the sex. So I yeah. will do what is necessary. Uh, but have you ever had a fallback <laughs> Viagra, <no>. story? <laughs> have you ever taken Viagra? Uh, have you ever had a fallback story, girl code style, bro code style of, hey, this is what's going on. I got this date. I need you to call with an excuse. If things are going bad, this is what we're going to do. Or have, have you never been in that situation? Me that's like, hey, can you call me right now and be like really upset? And so I have done that on more than one occasion. But I think one time I think it was on a date. And I think more than that, other time, it's just been like she was, I've had friends that were like around people that were annoying them, be it family or like coworkers or whatever, or just like in a scenario where they didn't like the people they were with and they wanted an excuse to leave. Nice. So I'll be like, I think oh I'm my only... God, I need a ride. Oh my God, my car died. Oh my God, I ran out of gas. Like whatever. <laughs> I think I've only done it once. And uh, I... Uh... So Steve was the person who needed to give me, mm. make the phone call for me. And, uh, I remember the excuse that we, that we had come up with that was premeditated was, uh, um, Bella, Cindy's pig had like oh my God, fallen down so, the stairs. I was so sad when you told me Bella died. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how long this pig has been in my life. This was pre <laughs> pre Jessica on a date. Um, it was last week I was on a date with Jessica, um, and I needed an excuse. Jessica, <laughs> some other girl. Um, yeah, no, it was like it was pre-Jessica, and I was like, "Hey, I need you to call me like 45 minutes in. This is gonna be the time. Tell me that like Bella fell down the stairs, and we need to like help Cindy pick it up or something." Uh, and it ended up working. It was great. I never saw that person again, and it wasn't even a bad date. I just think I was like, I just don't want to be here. Like this is fine. Yeah, it's just not the date. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so Derek introduces himself to Colin Marlowe, invites him to his surgery. Burke invites him to his surgery. And Marlowe's like, oh, if your goal is to intimidate me, it's working. And then he leaves and <laughs> Derek goes, Colin Marlowe. And Burke says, the one and only. And this is the exchange. He, yes. With, yes. Wow. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> so good. I love incredible writing great writing like with so few words they're so fleshing out this relationship and i love it so much yeah yeah i uh, i've really enjoyed seeing Derek and and preston become biffles i was just gonna say biffles oh my god it's because like we're biffles. biffles oh my god <laughs> we you finish guys. each other's sandwiches that's what i was gonna say <laughs> okay so good um Okay. Um, Alex is helping Sloan in the Jane Doe surgery. The baby goes into distress. Marlo is in the surgery with Burke talking about Christina and how he was like, Oh, I can't believe that she like agreed to marry you. Like I proposed to her multiple times and she always turned me down. 
And also we were together for three years and Burke is like, what the fuck? Because Christina yeah. played it off like basically it was a fling and it yeah. wasn't. I was shocked by that, actually. That that took me, I, I usually don't get surprised, especially by Christina storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, fuck, three years. That is a banana sandwich. Yeah, that is a long-term relationship with a professor at your school. <laughs> um, so after the surgery, Bert confronts Christina about it, and she's like, I didn't want to marry him. Like I think, and Burke's like, Oh, he said, you think marriage is a stupid institution. And she's like, I do think that, but like, I'm doing it cause I want to make you happy. And he's like, okay, that's neat. And just leaves, <laughs> which is like, I'm on, I understand where both of them are coming from. Like she thinks what she's saying is nice, but it is not right. nice. No, no. Um, and so then, uh, Addison and Mark are fighting about the surgery. They're like in the hall screaming. Addison is like, you should have waited a day. Mark says it's fine. The baby ended up being okay. It's not a big deal. She didn't lose her vision. Addison yells at Alex to go monitor the baby. They're screaming at each other. And then Weber comes up and is like, this is not how you like, what are you doing? You are screaming at each other in the hallway. Like this is not acceptable behavior. Um, it really isn't. It's, it's so not. unprofessional, <laughs> like not even professional in the slightest. No, at all. In any job, not just a hospital setting, but like in any job, just like, don't scream at people. Yeah. It is. It is interesting because we I think there's another scene later with the, the showboating kind of like yeah, theme. That's not far off. Yeah. Um, The thing that was interesting, though, is. Addison was really mad at Mark and I I don't really think that that one time didn't seem fair. The the Derek and Burke exchange later to me seems a little bit more fair. Yeah. Um but this one here like Marla wasn't in that surgery. No, she's just mad at Mark. I mean, she's saying that like he's doing it to get attention like from the chief. Not necessarily yeah. to show off for Marlo, but to show but, off for the chief because he wants right, to be the right, chief. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, I, I get that. But that's, I don't know. I see where he's coming from as a doctor. You don't know how those things progress. And also Alex was in there and was like, yeah, this is what you're going to do. And then it it was really Mark, not Mark. It was Alex talking Jane Doe into the situation anyways. I don't know. Well, also, I, it feels because Addison wasn't in there, it feels like maybe they, like, didn't tell her they were going to do it. Because I feel like if they had, she uh, would have either, A, talked about it, or B, been there monitoring, not just fair. had Alex monitor. Um, again, we don't see that, so that's an assumption on our part, but I, I feel like that could be part of it. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, like, the fact that she had to sew her cervix shut is, like, very unpleasant for me to think about. I hate it. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Not interested. Don't want that. Um, So Marlo is in the surgery with Derek and Helen starts to crash. Um, Simultaneously, Callie and Richard are doing the surgery on the older gentleman and they get the bullet out. And Izzy's like, oh, it's so weird that he wants it. And Callie's like, oh, if it was me, I'd want to like cast it in gold and hang it on my wall. And Izzy goes, yeah, well, you can afford it Um, because she's what a bitch could not keep her mouth shut. Um, So obviously Callie's mad about it because she knows now that Izzy knows. Um, oh, so Helen also, is still- it's just not hard to, to not say every single thing that comes to your mind is he, it's yeah. not hard. Yeah. Just go down to 50%, just go to 50% and you'll be a little bit better off. Yeah. Like I'm not that nice, but like, I'm not this mean, like 
This is a lot. Even it's for just me. vengeful and spiteful and mean. It's just yeah, mean. It's She's just a bully. Like mean girls. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So then Helen is still down and Derek and George are Derek's like, I'm going to open my chest and Marlo tells him what to do because he doesn't have privileges. So he basically is like, this is what you need to do. Um, so they get her heart beating again. And Derek like takes a minute uh, and then they go out and Marlo's like, wow, that was amazing. And they tell Burke what happened. And Derek the whole time is like, like kind of doesn't seem like he maybe would have told Burke if this wasn't the case. Cause he knew that this would be Burke's reaction. Um, so Burke and Derek get into it. Burke says he was showing off for Colin Marlowe and Burke goes, do you think I just crack people's head open? If you're, even if you're in the building, because I think I can handle a brain bleed. So then Mark is watching Richard comes up again. He's really mad. He's like, why, why are all of my surgeons screaming at each other in the hallway? Like, I just don't understand why all of my people are morons. I, in my opinion on this one is it was more about the girl than it was about Marlo. If it was a patient, I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely both. I just think it was like 45% Marlo, 55% because it's someone that he personally knew and was emotionally involved in. And he pressured her into doing the surgery. Yeah. Um, okay. So doctor, Oh, sorry. We're going to take a small break now for everyone's favorite segment. Living in Shondaland. Living in Shondaland. It's been a while. I had to trick Carmen into doing that because he hasn't done it in three episodes because there's no one in Shondaland in this episode. (laughs) Oh. I mean, like Thatcher and Susan, but we've already done them in previous episodes, so I didn't want to do them again. I feel used. I feel used. But I didn't want to tell you that because I wanted to hear the song. It's been so long. Yeah, it's fair. deprive our listeners of the song anymore. It's true. How many hundreds of messages did we get today uh, asking for bringing Bring Back Living in Shondaland? 287. Yeah, that's a lot. (laughs) Up Just from our 286 saying, previous record. Saying only, I miss when Carmen sings that song. <laughs> That's all they said. Within the next two years, it will be on Patreon as a jingle that you can download for your phone, and it can be your text alert every time. Say, one can of you your... imagine if it was a ringtone? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so Dr. 99 Weber goes... cents on the iTunes store. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Um, Dr. Weber goes back to check on Mr. Schofield, who is the man with the bullet in his arm shoulder uh gives him his bullet he's super upset because he like can't like the a bullet is a million years old and it's been sitting inside of his shoulder for a long time so like obviously it's not you can't it doesn't have usa stamped on the side so they don't know who <laughs> shot it um yeah. so he's super upset and he's like i've been mad my whole life i've lost all my friends and family because of this and izzy's like it's okay you can let it go and he's like you don't know what it's like to have something change you in your soul and she's like well i do which I will give her. I do think she does. I don't think she she's does. being dramatic. Yeah. Um, and uh, he says, don't let it turn you. And that's okay. when Izzy was like, I slept on a bathroom for three days. It turned my me. friend now. <laughs> I need to flip oh. flop back by fucking a married man who's also <laughs> my best friend who also just moved out. Who also knows everything about me? Yep. Um, Richard tells Bailey that all the attender attendings are running him ragged. And basically he feels like this man, he feels like they're like shooting at him. Um, cause, and she's like, is there a front runner? And he's like, no, these people fucking blow. I hate all of them. <laughs> um, uh, whiny little bitches. Truly. Izzy makes the dinner. It looks super nice and fancy. Um, Meredith tells 
Izzy that she doesn't know what to talk about. And she's like, oh, ask about the baby. People love talking about the baby. So she takes this food out. And Susan is trying so hard to be nice. And Meredith is just like shutting her down. Like it is just not that difficult to be a normal person. Like she's like, oh, this chicken looks great. And Meredith's like, yeah, it's from the store. She's like, well, the green beans look nice. And she's like, well, I didn't make those. Just take the fucking compliment. Yeah. And Derek's like, well, everything's presented so, so beautifully. And Meredith is like, well, Izzy did it like just, I mean, you could even say Izzy did it. It would be like, oh my God, I know. Right. Izzy did such a good job. Like it's right. Exactly. You don't have to shut down everything and then wonder why it's going so poorly. Exactly. It would be like if you just had your whole family over and the first thing you said was, I wish I was adopted or, <laughs> I you wish know, no like one was here. Yeah. Or, you know, some other insert any shitty thing. And then yeah. you wonder why no one's having fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just I'm not on team Meredith on this one. Yeah. And Alex gets home and she's like, oh, good God. Thank God. Come and sit with us. And he's like just eating. And she's like, OK, well, this didn't help at all. Um, so then Meredith asks about the baby and they just start going on about, I mean, we have babies, so we know you just start going on about the baby. And they're like, oh, she looks just like Molly. And then Thatcher goes, he's like, oh, I have this picture of me and Molly when she's like five and the baby looks just like her. Like she's got her wagon and we're standing in front of a big tree and there's snow everywhere. And Meredith is like, yeah, that's me. So well, that's it's also funny because Susan's like, uh, Thatcher, hey, um, real quick. And <laughs> he's like, no, 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 listen. I know, listen, this is a great picture. Like, Let me no, tell you. It the- was a tree. <laughs> <laughs> there was snow. It was it at was least great. December 14th. So yeah. the equinox had just passed. Trust me. I remember yikes. this. It's a yikes moment for sure. The power yeah. goes out. Thatcher's like, I'll go take care of it. And Meredith's like, oh, yeah, he also used to live here. Um, Christine, Which is a weird realizing weird. realization. Weird realization. Uh, uh Back at the hospital, Christina tells Burke that she's going home and he's like, so how did it end? And she's like, it ended like school was over and I was going to leave. Like, I don't understand. And he's like, well, how can you have this three year relationship and then just decide to be done? It's like, well, because I did. (laughs) And then she's like, he says, oh, you've never let me in. And sometimes I think it's great. Like, you're so different and interesting. But then like. I don't want you to marry me because you're placating me. I'm not interested in that. So, which is which fair. good for you, Burke. Burke yeah. deserves the world. He's a good guy. And I, while this bomb is not something that I saw coming with her being in a three-year relationship with a professor. And the professor was also like, yo, marry me. And she's like, yo, no, uh, I didn't see that happening, but I don't know. I, I don't, this particular storyline for Christina, I'm not a huge fan of, I'm not a, I'm not, I don't stand Colin Colestina. Ka, yeah. Or it's, cause it's weird. Uh, Christina or Marlang. <laughs> that one's better. I think Marlang. Um, you ever so, get a Marlang pie? <laughs> Meredith, Le- lemon Marlang. Okay. Meredith sends Derek to I have go six more Thatcher. jokes about it if you want me to tell I you. Hate it. I'm just going to continue to speak to no one. Um, Meredith sends Derek to go help Thatcher. Uh, she apologizes to Susan. She's like, I just don't know what to say to him. And Susan's like, well, that's fine. Thatcher's afraid of you. But, like, it's okay for you to be mad. Like, it was a picture of you. Like, you should be angry. Which, honestly, like, I love Susan in this moment specifically. She's great. Yeah. Like, she's not Very impressed sh- with like, her acting yeah, she's and everything. Not sweeping it under the rug. She's not being like, oh, sometimes he's stupid. She's like, 
no, that like, you should be mad. That fucking sucked. What just happened? Like, obviously he's a shitty person to you. Like, so yeah. Uh, then we get, um, we're in the hotel. Callie is mad at George. Um, she's like, you told Izzy, you knew I was like, didn't want people to know about it. And he's like, well, I didn't tell Izzy. I told Meredith. And she's like, okay, well, is that better? Because it's not. Um, so they get in this huge argument. George is, says he's sick of always being the one who is like getting hit on the nose with the newspaper. He's like, I cut my best friend out. And meanwhile, you're over here lying to me about who you are as a human being. And now you're still trying to make me out to be the bad guy, which is a fair point. I will say like I'm majority on Callie's side, but that is a fair point. <laughs> like she's trying to completely look over the fact that she kept this from him. Um, so she's mad that Izzy is against the marriage. She's like, she's come, she's constantly shitting on our marriage and you just are like, you just let her, I don't understand. And Callie says it's cause she has feelings for you. Like she's in love with you. She wants you. And George is like, that's ridiculous. She's pretty, which <laughs> I understand where he was coming he, from. He doesn't like, just say clearly that. Clearly an insult. Yeah, you're right. He, he what does he say? He says she's a supermodel. She's stacked, she's which blonde, she is. She's she, she's yeah. And then cat, like, uh, my my heart dropped for Callie in this scene because she's yeah. like, well, then what the fuck am I? Yeah. He's like, well, way, it's like, like, you're gorgeous. It's okay. Her face drops like the second yeah. he says that. Like you can it's see terrible. it. She does. It's so sad. Like it's so heartbreaking to watch her like hear him say that. Um. So obviously it was like an accidental insult and he's like, no, like you're beautiful and gorgeous and curvy and I never thought you would want me, but here we are. And she's like, you know what? Fuck you. Get out of my hotel room. It is um, worth noting that at this point, my note says George or Izzy wants George. They are going to fuck. Interesting. I, Cause I have audio recording of you saying that they're not going to have sex. Yeah. But you also have a hundred audio <laughs> recordings of me <laughs> saying they more. are going to. <laughs> I know it's just funny because the most recent one was you saying they aren't so good. Um, so Christina shows up at the house and she's like, I'm having a crisis. And Meredith's like, don't worry about it. It's okay. Susan's so nice. We're, we're getting through it. It's going to be okay. And Christina goes, no, I, I'm not like, I'm actually having a crisis. This is not a drill. <laughs> this is not pretend. Um, George shows up and is like, where's Izzy? And then she's in the kitchen. So he goes in and yells at her. And she's like, he goes, I need you to get over it because I need to be able to vent to my best friend. And I can't do that if you're doing all of your bullshit. Uh, and I need to vent with alcohol. So she's like, okay. So that's what happened with that. They pour some drinks and he says, I'm afraid I got married and it was a bad idea. And she says, everyone who's ever been married has thought that. Have they? <laughs> Have, I don't know. Why do you think that is? <laughs> have you been married? I don't know. Um, she was almost married. Ah, so thank true. you. <laughs> 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 um, Derek finds that you're hiding in the laundry room. And he's like, I need a break because I don't know how to talk to Meredith. But it's basically the same thing Meredith said. Like, I don't know how to talk to Thatcher. Um, and Derek, they kind of go back and forth and, and Thatcher's like, oh, sh like you guys get each other. That's nice. And he's like, yeah, it's nice. But sometimes I wish that she didn't have to go through this kind of thing every day because it's hard on her. Um, 
and he says like, oh, she's really tough and it can be difficult. But if you take, if you make the effort, it's, it's worth it to know her, which is nice. It is nice. It's nice for him to acknowledge that. Yeah. Um, so Thatcher's like, are you okay? And he's like, not entirely. Uh, and then his pager goes off and he has to go back to the hospital where Helen is awake and doing well. And she's like, Hey, um, it's 11 inch hole cut in my chest, wondering what's going on with that. And so Derek tells her and she's like, says that she decided to come back and have the surgery again in two more years. And he's like, we're not going to have to, because I actually, what I wanted to do worked and I got all of the tumor. So now you get to just have your full life. Which is a happy ending for her. We love to yes, see it. We do. We get, we get so so few of them in this show where the patient's yeah, like story turns out good. Um. So Thatcher and Susan leave. Uh, they're thanking Meredith. Meredith thanks Susan for suggesting it. Um. Thatcher's like, oh, this swing is still here. Meredith's like, yeah, but no one sits on it because it doesn't swing. And he like pulls a little peg out and he's like, oh, I put this in here because you used to always get your fingers pinched in it. She's like, oh, that was a cute scene. He does know some some stuff about her. Yeah. And it was that cute scene was immediately following him giving her a handshake goodbye, like a fucking dweeb. (laughs) Great Um, to see you, daughter. Here's a handshake. (laughs) Also, let me just go ahead and drop this childhood bomb on you. There is a pin here because I did care about you at one point. Yes, it was a long time ago. That's why you don't remember. It's um, been 84 years. So then there's uh, Izzy and George are drinking and she tells him to suck it up and go apologize and grovel. And they're just like laughing a lot. And and Izzy's like, maybe she's insecure, but like you just have to apologize. And George is like, she is insecure. Listen to this dumb thing she said. She said that you want me and I want you back and we're in love. Ha ha ha. And they're like laughing a lot. And then they have sexual tension sexual tension what are your notes for this part um let's see uh george and izzy are about to fuck they had a look and then they cut and then it cuts to yeah and then it cuts to alex and then the you know oh yeah i totally forgot the part where they were where alex and izzy are in the kitchen yeah 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 yeah. oh well that was before george showed up and uh, Alex tells Izzy he has a date and she's like, Oh, so you actually, um, did move on. And, uh, he's like, yeah, I thought that was okay. I th- you said you didn't want me. And she goes, yeah, but I, that didn't mean I wanted you to want someone else. And then she's like, I'm afraid that I'm going to be alone forever. And, um, just always like be pining over a dead guy. And he's like, Oh, you'll move on when you're ready, <laughs> which apparently is tonight. <laughs> Yeah. The the interesting thing about that scene is it it shows you a lot of who Izzy is. Like she, yes, she's caring. Yes, she's got a big heart, but she's also just a gigantic narcissist. I <laughs> I want you to move on, but I don't want you to not want me at the same time. Like yeah. Pick a lane, Izzy. And I get it. Yeah. Like it makes sense. I think all of us people who have a little bit of an ego after like a breakup, like, yeah, you don't want to be with that person, but that doesn't mean you don't want them to not be wanting you. Like I get it. Um, but like calm it all down. Izzy. like you, you have a dead fiance. You don't need Alex. It's fine. Um, so Alex is talking to Jane Doe and he's like, I'm sorry. I gave you bad advice. Like I overstepped. You should really get your medical advice from attendings. And he, and she says, no, like you're the only one who talks to me and like makes me feel like I'm not alone and all this stuff. It's a nice connection moment. And um, she's like, tell me a story. So he sits down and tells her a story. 
And he opens up the little blue truck. <laughs> no, the little engine that could. Ah, yes. Or Never Touch a Panda, which is the book we read tonight. Incredible. I think <laughs> Jessica, well, I wasn't up there for bedtime tonight, but we read uh, Good Night Farm yesterday. And it's oh, cute. Delightful. It's got all the little farm animals. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, Christina is going to sleep in Meredith's bed, and she says, am I going to screw up this engagement? To which Meredith says, I don't know. Do you want to? And Christina says, I don't know, which is telling. And then Naked Izzy wakes up next to Naked George. and Because they scream. fucked! <sighs> I'm you? just so happy for them. <laughs> You're so happy for you. I'm so happy that I was right way more than I was wrong. Yeah. Okay, so let's rate it. So... Okay, can I go first? Yes, please. Uh, this episode, while there are things that I'm very happy about it, it was just fine. Um, I'm going to give this episode a resident point six two, three point six two. I was thinking 3.8. So I think we're right. We're in the same realm. Like, yeah, um, obviously something huge happens at the end. And also like the Christina Burke stuff is kind of big. But other than that, like there wasn't any like huge thing that was life altering or anything like that. So yeah, just kind of it's, recovering it's, from last week, setting up for next week, you know, exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's hard to rank this episode when it's coming off of the three, the three part roller coaster. Mm -hmm. And like, especially when the last scene of the last episode that we saw was Izzy and Denny touching and like that emotional ride. Ugh, um, so good. It's, it's hard when you're looking at any episode in retrospect now, you know, Yeah. but uh, until you get to like a truly, bonkers episode um all right before we wrap up what are the predictions that you want to give me uh and and where do we want to go f until next Pre week where do we want to leave this predict the izzy george cali scenario um i george and cali have never made sense to me i've en enjoyed their relationship i'm happy for them but it never made sense long term in the show and i was actually thinking about this while i was driving to get marlo from daycare today i think because hindsight is 2020 you you know that now there's 19 seasons um and i don't know who is or who isn't in the show 19 seasons later mm -hmm. but it feels like they rushed a lot of these marriages because they didn't know how many seasons they were going to be able to do. Right. So they blew right. a lot of their load early is what I think. Okay. So there's premature storyline ejaculation. And I don't think that George and Callie are meant to be together forever. And I imagine, I not imagine, I predict that within the next half season, like before the end of season three, they will be divorced. Um, I don't think prediction wise, Izzy and George are going to be together. They may have sex one more time as a breakup healing, but I just don't see them in a relationship either. Okay. Uh, Mark and Addison. I want Mark to screw up because Addison deserves better. However, I do want to see Mark prove that he cares about Addison as much as he's saying and I kind of am rooting for them right now. So I'm going to officially predict and manifest Mark succeeds with the no sex challenge. Okay. Um, Alex, what's he got going on? 
Nothing. He he was lying when he said he had a date. It was just to go see Jane Doe. Um, and I don't think that they're going to get together. Okay. You had another Denny part two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no thanks. She doesn't have an Alvin wire to cut, so obviously he's not gonna fall yeah. in love with her. Um uh Christine Emberg. Um I think your last prediction was that they would break up before the end of season three. I I need to watch the next episode. I need to see how Marlo is integrating with the situation mm-hmm. here um, because I can't tell if he's just being a douchebag and Christina's like, I'm not going to play into this. And I'm not going to dignify it. So she's like mm-hmm. kind of just say, like whatever Marlo is saying, she's just kind of like echoing it. I, I don't know mm-hmm. what's going on truly, um, but I'm not ready to make a prediction on them quite yet. Okay. Well, I think that's everybody for now at least. Um, so guys, thank you for listening. Hope you had a lovely Thanksgiving. Hope you're in a little turkey coma after listening to this with some sweet potato pie to eat. Nom, nom, nom. Um, pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie, Carmen's favorite. Um, remember, you can always reach out to us on our email at grazeacademypod at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, grazeacademypod.com. Um, chaotically Kelsey, Carmen.gabriel.official. Please, please, please um, share this with your friends. Like, subscribe, make sure you're getting those automatic notifications and downloads when we release our new episodes. Um, We just are so grateful that you guys are listening and enjoying and we love hearing from everybody. You can find our Patreon link in the episode description or in our Instagram bio. And uh, if you see Carmen walking down the Thanksgiving street, no spoilies please don't do it uh we've been doing a good job so far and i want to take these last few seconds to shout out morocco for cracking our top 10 over the last week uh in streams thank you moroccans we appreciate you and uh happy thanksgiving we will see you all in the next one Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu.